Back for another super fun, fantastic Sunday here on the Employment Hour. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we will get to all kinds of things today. You want to give us a call or at least uh, give us an email. Shoot us an email. Some questions. Uh, we got a bit of a backlog, Lior, so we're going to get to a bunch of those today. Your uh, number outside of the show is one 821 5900 And Lior at employmenthour.com. We'd like to start with the week that was. That's right, John, and thank you. And welcome, everyone, to, uh, to our Employment Hour show. Here's the show where we tell you the truth about workplace rights, everything you need to know if you're working, have work, want to work, or if you're employing anyone. So, as always, want to start off with talking about a couple of situations that I addressed uh, or, I, or I dealt with this week where I think there's an important lesson to be learned here for uh, everyone listening. The first situation shows us why it's so important for both employers and employees to get legal advice if we're dealing with a termination of employment. So here's a situation, uh, you know, very interesting, kind of got a, a nice chuckle out of this when I was all said and done. Uh, the employee had worked for a company for uh, three years, uh, was let go as a result of restructuring, and the company had uh, offered him three weeks pay on se- uh, when, when they let him go. Right. So uh, what he des- decided to do is to engage in what I call self-help. Uh, so he uh, had emailed them back saying, thank you, but uh, I'd like for you to add another week or two uh, a payment to that, and I think that would be fair, and, and let's just do that. The company's response, no, we only owe you three weeks, so we're not going to change that, uh, and, and, and that's that. So being upset at not uh, getting his extra week or two weeks pay, he contacted me. Uh, someone referred him to, to me, and we spoke. And I said, well, the best thing that happened to you was that they said no right. to your extra one or two weeks because guess what? You're owed six months severance. Forget about the, that extra one or two weeks pay, which would have brought him to about five weeks. And wow. uh, No, you're owed six months pay. He couldn't believe it. He was shocked. I had to repeat myself three times. So what happened? I ended up sending a letter on his behalf. Fast forward two weeks later, we resolved it on the basis of six months pay plus uh, compensation for his legal fees. Resolved, easy, case over. But there's a very interesting lesson here for both employers and employees. For employers, uh, he comes back to the employer and says, give me a week or two weeks pay. If they consult with the lawyer, that lawyer tells them, yeah, you take it. You take it it right now. now Because, yeah, that's a fabulous deal for you, the employer. That employer thought they knew the law, thought they knew better, so they decided to say, no, we're not going to do that. Forget that. We only owe you three weeks pay, which is, of course, wrong. So again, had they obtained uh, uh, advice, they would have known that they should have taken the deal and that would have been fine. Well, for the employee, obviously, had the employer said, yes, we'll agree and give you one extra week's pay, then that employee would have walked away from several months of compensation because he didn't get legal advice initially, because he didn't actually know how much he's owed. So... Again, the important lesson here to remember is uh, you don't believe you know the law if you don't know the law. The only time you will know the law is if you're a lawyer or maybe if you listen to the show regularly. But otherwise, if you're an employer, you have to terminate someone, get some legal advice. If you're an employee, if you have just been let go, you're staring at that severance letter, please get some legal advice. Engaging in uh, self-help is not effective. And in many cases, you're going to end up walking away from thousands of dollars that you're legally owed. So uh, very, very important lessons to be learned there. Give me the next one. The next one, John, uh, it's one I'm kind of still shaking my head. Uh, uh, We'll put that in the category of employers that should know a lot better. (laughs) Uh, So this very unusual situation, um, I I received a call from a gentleman saying that uh, his manager, his direct manager, has a habit. He thinks that it's really funny, the manager, to expose himself uh, to to this person and to other employees, uh, just as as a joke. 
and of course, not surprising, this this gentleman that called me found that to be offensive, found it to be in very bad taste, unprofessional, and decided eventually to say, well, enough is enough. I'm going to file a complaint with HR, with Human Resources, uh, that this guy effectively is harassing me. And, and that is absolutely right. That is a form of sexual harassment, uh, and other than the fact that it's just stupid. Uh, and so he files a complaint with, with HR. HR says, okay, we're going to look into that. And a week later, the judge says, okay, we want to talk to you. He assumes they want to talk to him about that complaint. Instead, they terminate him for restructuring. Give me a break. Uh Come on. And by the way, John, he's the only one terminated for restructuring uh, and no one else. And he's the only one to file a complaint. Clearly, there's something else going on here. The timing just doesn't make sense. So I just spoke with this individual. So potentially, if he's been sexually harassed, which is what that – uh, exposing the, the manager exposing himself is he complains about it and then gets fired. That is a violation of the human rights code. Okay, so that is wrong. That is illegal. So not only is he going to get the, the usual severance that we're talking about always, he's also going to get additional compensation for violation of the human rights code. That's just a really bad move on the on the employer's behalf. Uh, and, and then there's the employer still stuck with the problem, which is that manager, which is still sexually harassing the other employees. So that employer should have known better. That employer really should have taken action to, to address the problem rather than terminate the employment of the person that brings the problem to their Absolutely. attention. Absolutely. The number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and Lior at employmenthour.com. Before I take a break, we're going to get into a – I know you love – this is the most juicy – topic. You love covering this on the show, and it is Ministry of Labor giving incorrect information. Yeah, and you know, John, I mean, it's as long as we do this show, I'm going to continue talking about this until the Ministry of Labor is going to do something about it. They're uh, giving correct advice. People rely on that advice. They lose tens of thousands of dollars every single day. This happens every day, John, five days a week. The only time reason it doesn't happen on the weekend is because the, uh, the call center is closed, even <laughs> though their website is just as misleading. So we're going to talk about that, why the Ministry of Labor gives incorrect information, uh, and, and what to do about it. This is Juicy. You want to stick around for this one? We'll take a short break. It is 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of Lior directly and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We're just getting warmed up. The Employment Hour continues right here on Talk Radio AM640 and AM900 CHML. Lior at employmenthour.com and one eight five five eight two one. 5,900. You can go to Severance Pay Calculator as well to check that out. We'll talk about that in just a little later on the show. But now we're talking about Ministry of Labor uh, giving incorrect information. Um, they do, you know, give some correct information once in a while. We're talking about the stuff that really drives you nuts. What, what do most people do if they lose their job? Well, you know, people that lose their job, if they're in, in seek of information, if they want to know what they're owed, etc., uh, many people are going to do what seems to be reasonable. You got it. They're going to go on the Ministry of Labor's website, uh, or they're going to call the Ministry of Labor. They have a very helpful 1-800 number. That's free, mm-hmm. toll-free number. And they're going to ask a question. They're going to simply ask, well, I lost my job, uh, and tell me what am I owed? Or I lost my job, and here's what I've been offered. Is that appropriate? That's what a lot of people do. And again, if I told you that that's what people do, I don't think you'd be surprised by that. Right? It seems pretty reasonable. It's not like I'm calling uh, my my mayor. I'm right. calling the Ministry of Labor. This is a labor issue. So why wouldn't it, would it be would it not be appropriate? You got it. And it isn't appropriate. And and that's what we want to talk about today as to why someone should never ever do that. So what does the Ministry of Labor tell people when they call? Yeah. So you call the Ministry of Labor. Ministry of Labor. I just lost my job. Uh, what what now? So they're going to ask you one question usually, and that is how long you've worked there. And you're going to say, I've worked there for two and a half years. 
So they're going to say, you're owed two weeks pay, employee. Okay, well, I've, I've been provided three weeks, so I guess that's good. Okay, thanks, bye. Wow. Well, and, and that a call like that, very simple call, happens every day. And, and the reason why that's wrong is because two weeks pay is actually the wrong answer. Uh, that person is not entitled to two weeks. They're entitled to a lot more. Two weeks may be the person's minimum entitlements, but they're not their full entitlements. So if, if all the Ministry of Labor tells you, John, is you're, you're owed two weeks pay, not telling you that is the minimum, that is not anywhere near your full, complete, and total entitlements, you're not going to know any better. You're going to say, fine. Take it as gospel, and away you go. And away you go. Yep. This is my government telling me this. This right. is not some guy off the street. Yeah. So, and by doing that, in that one case scenario, that person could be owed six months' pay, in fact, not two weeks, and they could end up walking away and losing tens of thousands of dollars that they're legally owed. Two years we've been saying this, so why does the ministry do this? The ministry does this because the ministry feels that it only has an obligation to advise people with respect to their minimum entitlements. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that as long as you tell the, the person that that's what you're doing. If you're going to tell the person about their minimum entitlements, what you should say is, well, employee, your minimum entitlements are two weeks. You may have other entitlements. We can't help you with that. For that, you, you, you need to get your own advice. That's that, not difficult. That's not difficult. <laughs> it's a disclaimer. But if all you're going to tell someone two weeks, not giving the context, that is wrong. That is misleading. And people, quite reasonable, intelligent, experienced people, are going to rely on that not knowing any, uh, any better. So that is a big, big problem. And I, I can tell you, I see this all the time, daily. If I were to have the ability to know how many people call the Ministry of Labor and because of that ca- calculate how much a money they've amount? lost, yeah. I mean, over the years, we'd be talking literally millions of dollars. Oh, absolute millions of dollars. Now, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 Lior at employmenthour.com. So um, what is the information that the Ministry of Labor is leaving out of the conversation? What they're leaving out of the conversation, and we're talking specifically about termination of employment, right. John, is that every single person has greater entitlements than the minimums based on their age, position, and length of employment. They don't tell them that. And so if they all they tell them is what their minimum entitlements are and they omit the important part, people are not going to know any better. So what people need to understand is that those are minimums. And in order for you to know how much severance you're actually owed, you need to consider all three factors, age, position, length of employment. And instead of going on the Ministry of Labor's website or calling the Ministry of Labor where you're going to get that incorrect information that's not relevant to you, give me a call or even make it more simple. Go to the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, and that's where you're going to get the actual information, how much you're actually owed. We'll run through an example of that after we uh, come back from a break. First, let me ask you this before we go to break. Are there situations where someone should be going to the Ministry of Labor? Yeah. So generally speaking, for anything other than than termination of employment, it's okay to go to the Ministry of Labor. So for example, if you you believe your employer is not paying you overtime, you go to the Ministry of Labor. If you think your employer is not calculating your vacation pay correctly, that's fine. Even if you believe your employer owes you money, uh, so they haven't paid you a couple weeks' pay, whatever it is. You can go to the Ministry of Labor, and they can advise you as well as help you enforce those rights. The other thing, by the way, John, we haven't touched on, I should have, is with respect to what does the Ministry of Labor not uh, not tell you. Right. Is So if, if the Ministry of Labor says you're owed what you're owed, which is wrong, if you then file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor against the employer, you're then prevented from 
withdrawing that complaint and pursuing your full entitlement. So let me give you an example. So employer lets you go without any compensation. Okay. You work there for two years. You file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. All the Ministry of Labor can do is get you two weeks' pay. Okay? They can't get you more than that, even though you may be owed six months' pay. But okay. by virtue of the fact that you file that complaint, you're now prevented from getting that six months' pay. You can't say, well, now I I'm can't gonna... phone you and say, hey. No. You can't say, Lior, I need you to help me. Forget about the Ministry of Labor. I filed the complaint. I don't care about that. You help me, Lior, to get six months. I can't. You're stuck. Wow. And they don't tell you that either. So that's why if you've been terminated, the last thing you want to do is speak with the Ministry of Labor, and even worse than that is file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. We'll take a quick break. This is very important stuff. We'll recap and get into more of it as the show continues. It is 1-855-821-5900. Lior at employmenthour.com. More of the Employment Hour straight ahead on AM640 and AM900 CHML. Got a couple of different ways for you to contact Lior. It is 1-855-821-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Uh, we're talking about the Ministry of Labor, do's and don'ts, the things you should do, and when you should contact them, when you should not contact them, what uh, what they can do to help you if you've lost your job, which in this case isn't much. So uh, what should someone do straight up if they lose their job? Like I said, there's really no point. If you, are, if you lost your job, there's really no point contacting the Ministry of Labor for the reasons that, that we've just discussed. They can't help you. They cannot and they will not. Well, they could give you the right information. They just refuse to do it. Okay, so I'm not going to say they can't give you the right information. They can and they should, but they won't. So, so that's not going to help you. Filing a complaint with the Ministry of Labor is even worse than that. So forget about that. You can't do that, unfortunately. The government has, is insisting in, in doing it its way, which is wrong. So what do you do? You get legal advice. Quite simple. You start off by going to the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, and you find out how much you're actually owed. So if you're worried about losing your job or maybe you're looking at a severance offer in your hand and you want to know if it's appropriate, you want to know how much you're actually owed if you lost your job or are about to lose it, you go there. And you can contact me directly from the severance calculator or you just call me at the office anytime, email me, and I can help you. And again, I know it sounds self-serving. Well, don't call them, call me. But it, you know what? Forget about it. You don't like me? Call someone else. Call a different lawyer if you don't want to speak to me. Just don't speak with the Ministry of Labor. They cannot do anything for you. I'm going to get you to uh, punch off the severance pay calculator run through an example here. But in the meantime, uh, let's get into working notice. Uh, what is working notice for termination? Yeah, and you know, we, we, on the show all the time we talk about severance. And you know, you're, you've been let go, so how much severance are you owed? And, you know, we, that's, that's a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. But there's a, an alternative to severance. There are some situations where an employer does not actually pay severance or does not have to pay severance. So w- when does that happen? Well, one way that an employer can compensate an employee when that employee is losing their job is to give them notice of termination. So what we call working notice. Effectively, that would be the employer telling the employee, employee, I'm telling you now that in three months, six months, 12 months, what have you, you, you don't have a job. And in the meantime, you're going to work. Everything's going to stay the same. So one way that an employer can comply with its obligations to an employee is through working notice. And to some people, that may seem unfair. Well, wait a second. I'd rather get paid severance and not have to go to work every day. Why does this right. notice count? Well, the law is such that an employer can give notice. The amount of notice still depends on the usual factors, age, position, length of employment. But if you've been provided notice, that is legal, and that does count towards your severance. So if, uh, well, we'll do a calculation. Or say, for, for argument's sake, I am owed six months 
Yes. Severance. So we looked at your age, yeah. position, length of employment. So John worked at uh, Chorus for uh, three years. John is uh, 67, as he is. Mm-hmm. And so looking at <laughs> Looking at. So how much severance does John get? Well, the analysis gives us six months. So, okay, so what does Chorus have to do? Well, uh, Chorus has an option. They can say, John, I'm going to give you six months' notice. So we're telling you today uh, in, uh, in July that six months from now you don't have a job. In the meantime, st- everything stays the same. So that's legal. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the six months, you're, you're gone, and they don't owe you any other gotcha. compensation. Right. Or they can say, John, guess what? You're gone today. We don't want you in here anymore. You're gone today. So instead of giving you notice, we're going to pay you for six months. Mm-hmm. That's what severance is. Or there's a third option. They can do a combination of the two. So, John, we're going to give you two months' notice, and then at the end of the two months, we're going to pay you for an additional four months. Gotcha. So two and yeah. four together is six. So that's just one example. If the analysis gave us 12 months or 24 months, the same thing would apply. Ah, too much math. I'm calling Lior. Um, Have you got the severance pay calculator up and running? Absolutely, I do. We'll show how fast and quick this is and an example. So uh, where do we start? So the first thing uh, you do with the severance pay calculator is it asks you if you're an employer or an employee. I'm an employee. You're an employee. Uh, Good, good. So uh, then it asks you if you're part of a union. No. You're not part of a union. Are you sure about that? I'm absolutely You don't want to be part of a union? No, never. Okay. So once you say you're you're not part of a union, and by the way, why do we say that? It's because uh, if you're part of a union, then the union has to help you. There's different rules that apply. The severance pay calculator can only help an employee that's not part of a union. Then it asks you to select length of employment, John. 15 years. 15 years. So we're going to go to 12 to 15. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and we'll click that button, and then the next question is your age. Uh, 44. Okay, so we're going to do 41 to 50. Yep. And hit continue, and then it says uh, the type of job. Well, I, I know your job. So I don't care. I'm an executive living the dream. You're an executive. Okay, so we'll put you as an executive. Everyone, yeah. John Scholes is an executive. That's I'm great Gordon news. I'm Gordon Gecko. All right. Now, if you want it here, you could put in your salary yep. and the severance offered. We're going to skip that. We okay. don't need to do that. And then it's going to tell us, John, you're entitled to 16 to 18 Look months that, of eh? severance. How quick that was. That's it. 16 to 18 months, that's English. Now, if we had actually put in uh, your salary and how much severance you've been offered, it would have actually done a calculation a for us. A dollar amount. A dollar amount. Wow. Uh, right now, I skipped that, so it just tells us a number of months. So right there, John, you found out you're owed 16 to 18 months severance. So if your employment was terminated today, you'd go to the severance calculator and that gives you a range of entitlements. Now, in your same, same situation, John, if you'd call the Ministry of Labor, they'd tell you you're owed eight weeks' pay. What an absolute chasm of money you're missing. Can you imagine? It's huge. It doesn't matter if you make 20000 a year or 200000 a year. That gap is going to be massive. Now, I imagine the reaction a lot of the time you get from that is like, okay, there, there's definitely a bug in this program because I'm thinking eight weeks. This thing's telling me 16 months. Lior, you're high. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. thing. It's not like the gap. They say eight weeks. I say 12 weeks. Someone can understand that. No, they're saying eight weeks, and my severance calculator is saying 18 months. Well, that's huge. Guess what, though? There's no bug in the system. It's right. Use it. Try it. SeverancePayCalculator.com is the one you want to try. You want to give us a call or at least uh, call Lior outside of show hours. The number all the time, 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at EmploymentHour.com. More of the Employment Hour just ahead on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.
Leor at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900. Some emails to get through and some more uh, goodies here in the Employment Hour. And we will get to back to our conversation rather of a working notice. Uh, we know it's legal. We know employers can do it. You know, you can make it a combination of both money and time as far as that's concerned. Uh, what happens if the employee doesn't want to continue working? Yeah, and, you know, I, I get those those calls actually fairly often where someone's saying, Lior, I've, I've received notice of termination, but I don't want to do this. I, I just want just, the do re me. Yeah, give me my severance and I'll walk home and then everything's fine. So can I do that? The answer is unfortunately no, you cannot. It is perfectly legal to uh, to give uh, working notice. So what happens if the employee resigns? Oh, I don't want this. Well, that is a resignation. Mm-hmm. So just like any other resignation, which means beyond that point, you're not entitled to any compensation, any other severance. So there's really no legal mechanism to make, to require the employer not to give working notice and, and pay severance. So because of that, uh, usually, and again, Fortunately for, for employees, that doesn't happen too often because employers generally don't like giving working notice. There's always concerns about what would happen if the employee's working while we give them notice. Are they going to work hard? Are they going to be downers? Are right. They gonna... So it's, it's, a, it's, a more of a, it's probably a less common thing to give notice than it would be just to give someone severance. Yeah, it note. is. Uh, you know, for every uh, 10 severance cases, I see I see one notice case. So it doesn't happen very, very often at all. But in those cases where it does happen, if you do resign, if you leave, then you've left, you've resigned, you quit, you're not entitled to any additional compensation. Have you ever gone through a negotiation where the, the employer, former, going to be former employee says, yeah, I'd rather just get paid, can we negotiate? And, and does the company ever decide to say, you know what, okay, here, instead of six months notice, we'll give you four months pay? Yeah, and, and absolutely. That is, yeah. uh, that is something that we've done, and, and it's something to consider. So as you've said, the employer gives six months working notice. And so what, what if the employee said, tell you what, employer, forget about six months. I'll go home now. You just pay me for four. So you, you've saved two months' salary. That employer may consider that to be an attractive option. It depends on as to how, how much they actually want the employee to stay for six months. Right. If they need him for the six months, well, it's not about money. It's simply we have to have you here for six months. Uh, then right. whatever you offer them is not going to be good enough. But there are certainly things to look at. Now, uh, not, not to, uh, to complicate things, but in some situations, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as simply as I can. If you worked for a company for more than five years, John, mm-hmm. okay, and if you're working for a larger company with a payroll of, of more than $2.5 million, so five years or more and a payroll of more than $2.5 million, okay, then that employer in that situation has to at least pay you some severance. They cannot give it all to you as working notice. Okay, and that's even if you're owed 16 months, they give you 16 months working right. notice. You still get cash. So in those situations, wow. they still have to pay you a week's pay per, for every year as payment. So let's use an example, which is going to make this very clear. You worked for 16 years, using your example, and let's assume that we did the calculation, and they owe you 18 months of notice or severance, and they decide to give you 18 months notice. So mm-hmm. working for 18 months, at the end of the 18 months, they still owe you another 18 weeks of pay. Because of that, 18 weeks has to be paid in cash, cannot be given as notice. So what would happen in that situation, that employer would have ended up overpaying by 18 weeks, but that's their problem. They still have to pay that 18 weeks in cash. What that employer could have done is said, okay, we'll give you, I don't know, 15 months working notice and then pay you 18 months, uh, so 18 weeks, and together that would have been the right number. So if you work for a company for more than five years, if you work for a larger company, then a portion of your overall entitlements has to be paid 
cannot be given exclusively as working notice. And that one week per year, now that goes back to the Ministry of Labor number? Is that where they're getting right, that, right? Right, right. Yeah. And it only okay. applies in those limited right. situations. Right. If you work for less than five years or f- work for a smaller company, the employer can give, it, can give you all your entitlements as notice. They don't have to pay severance. But as I said, that, that is still fairly rare. one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior and Lior at employmenthour.com. How much notice should an employee be getting? So... To determine how much notice you should be getting, working notice, we use the exact same calculation of how much severance you should be getting, which means we look at your age, position, and length of employment. You can use the severance pay calculator for that. So if the severance pay calculator says 16 to 18 months, that is 16 to 18 months severance or notice. So the same calculation applies in, in both cases, uh, and uh, there's no difference. Really, it's a question of the total amount of time that the employer is going to pay you, whether you work or sit at home. Say it's 12 months' notice. No, I got a notice period, so I am working for another year, uh, and then that, that's what the severance amount would have been about, but they've chosen to give me working notice. During that 12 months, can the employer uh, – can they change the terms of the employment? Can they mess with my contract? Yeah, so – so you've worked for 12 months, you've gotten 12 months notice, and then the employer says, we want to reduce your pay, right. or we want to relocate you, or we're going to demote you. Can they do that? The answer is no, they cannot. So the same rules apply as they do when you're not on notice. An employer cannot make substantial changes to the terms of your employment. That becomes a constructive dismissal. So using your example, John, you've, you're working for 12 months, you've received notice, your employment ends in 12 months. And three months into that, your employer comes and says, John, I'm going to have to cut your pay by 30%. At that point, you can say, no, that is a constructive dismissal. I'm going to leave now, okay? And then you have to pay me my severance instead of me having to continue working. So uh, an employer does not have a right to make any substantial changes to the terms of employment. They can't reduce pay. They can't uh, demote. They can't uh, relocate someone while the employee is on working notice. We'll take a, a quick break. More to cover in this. We'll get to some emails as well. one 821 5900 That's Lior's number anytime. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. More of the show coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The number to contact Lior is one 821 5900 Lior at employmenthour.com. We've been talking about working notice and getting pretty deep into this one. So basically what it is is if you're uh, if you're, wrote, if you're let go, you're going to be let go as opposed to 12 months pay as compensation. Uh, severance pay, they can give you 12 months working notice. So you work for another year and then you're done. Yeah, and right? 12 months is just an example. It yeah. could be any amount as long as the amount is correct. And again, it's not a week for every year of service or two weeks. We look at age, position, and length of employment. And that gives us a number. And that number can be paid to you as payment, as severance, or it could be given to you as notice. And you said that we, we covered the last thing we covered before we took a break was that during that, uh, that notice time where you're still working, they cannot change the, uh, the description or they cannot change no. the boundaries of your employment. So let me, right. let me throw a wrench into it this way. So you've got 18 months working notice. So in a year and a half, I'm out of there. I'm done. So I'm a year in, and they do exactly what you said before we took a break. We wanted to drop your pay by 20%, or we want to relocate you, and they can't do that. So you say, no, I'm not going to do it. So I'd like my severance, and I would like to go, right? That's, That's right. a constructive dismissal. That is exactly But that. now I've worked for another year. Now, does that count on my overall severance? So instead of a 12-year employee, now I'm a 13-year employee. Yeah, no. Uh, well, it actually, what happens at that situation from that point on 
let's say you, you got 18 months working notice, mm-hmm. and let's assume 18 months yep. is the correct amount. Sure. You worked a year, then you're constructively dismissed. Yeah. You can leave, but you're only entitled to the additional six months. Okay. okay? So you're not going to be entitled to the 12 months that you've already worked. That counts towards your entitlements. All it means is you don't have to continue working. You're entitled now to leave and get the balance as payment, gotcha. as severance. Can an employee be terminated for cause during the notice period? Well, the answer is the em- an employee can be terminated for cause, but the same rules apply. If while working uh, while on, uh, on working notice, the employee is guilty of some very significant misconduct that's repeated, uh, and the employer can prove that, then the employee can be terminated for cause. But remember, cause is always a high threshold. It's very difficult to terminate someone for cause. Many employers pull the trigger way, uh, way before they should. So, yes, the, the same rules apply. If you stole from your employer while on working notice, yeah, guess what? You're going to be terminated for cause. But if the employer is not happy with your performance, that's extremely unlikely mm-hmm. to be caused. Mention some emails. We'll get to one of those now. Stephen uh, uh, writes in, says, and we've talked about this as well, says, I signed a severance offer under duress. My employer told me that if I didn't sign, I won't get paid anything. Can I do something about it? Well, you know, the answer, the short answer is yes. If an employer tells you, employee, uh, here's your severance offer, you better sign right now or we're not, not going to pay you anything. That is duress because for them to say we're not going to pay you anything, that's actually making an illegal threat. And if you sign something because of an illegal threat, that's duress, which means the agreement that you signed is invalid. It's unenforceable. The problem maybe with uh, Stephen's situation is proving that that's what happened. Uh, if Stephen signed it on the spot, that helps because it can, he can show that, well, wait a second, the only reason I signed something on the spot is because they threatened me. If he took it home for three days and then he signed it back, mm. it's going to be very difficult to show that he felt duress if he had time to consider and time to get legal advice. So if he signed it on the spot, yes, he could probably get out of it. What the employer did is illegal. If he had an opportunity to take it back and then signed it, uh, he may be stuck with it, even though there may have been an underlying threat made against him. A lot of people this time of year are not working simply because they're on vacation. They're out of the city taking time off. Let's talk about right to vacation. How much vacation does an employer have to give an employee? So the word have to is is important because an employer only has to provide an employee with two weeks paid vacation uh, in, in a year. So a lot of employers do more than that. A lot of employees get three, four, five, six weeks vacation in a year, uh, such as John Scholes, who has, what, 12 weeks vacation a year, John? Yeah, right. Very no. nice. Uh, but I'm mo- not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't give my lawyers any vacation. <laughs> Remember, vacation doesn't apply to lawyers. We're exempt. Uh, but the reality is an employer only has to provide two weeks vacation, and that is a minimum. A lot of employers provide greater, but at, at a minimum it has to be two weeks. Who decides when that vacation is taken? And really? a, lot, a lot of people think, well, I decide, so I'm going to ask for vacation, and then I'll take my vacation. Well, and a lot of employers have an arrangement like that, that you book your vacation as long as uh, no one else has a vacation already scheduled that mm-hmm. day, you can take it. Yeah. And that's fine. That's probably a good practice to have. But legally speaking, it's the employer that's allowed to schedule vacation. So your employer can tell you, John, I decided that this year you're taking your vacation on February the 16th. Uh, and I, that, that would be pretty bad HR. It's going to upset you and uh, Unless very you're a much. snowboarder, then it's great. Right, right. Well, wait a second, uh, employer. I was going to take my family away in June, so what, what the heck is with this whole uh, the, uh, February thing? Yeah. So that's a bad practice, but the law is such that an employer does have a right to schedule vacation. So that means that if your employer is giving you a bit of a hard time in terms of scheduling, 
there may not be a lot that you can do because of that inherent right that the employer has to schedule it. And I see this quite often when you go to uh, the doctor's office and you talk to the uh, you know the the uh, the folks at the front that are taking care of the office, and it's like when are you on vacation? Same time he is because the office is closed. Right, exactly. Right? So if the doctor goes to Italy for two weeks. Chances are you're off as well. It happens all the time. Right. Correctly with with doctors, uh, dentists, uh, etc. Chiropractors happens all the time because the clinic's going to be closed. We don't need you there. Right. And why can why can the doctor do that? Because the doctor has a right to schedule the vacation yeah. for the employee, uh, and it is what it is. So through osmosis, you're off as well, right? You're off as well, exactly. like it or not. Can an employer change its mind about allowing an employee to take vacation at a specific time? You know, this this is where things can get a bit tricky. Uh, generally, yes, an employer can change its mind, but what happens if the employee's already bought their plane tickets? Exactly. Uh, and, you know, they book their cruise or whatever it is, book their cottage. So now the employer said, well, you know how I told you you're going to take vacation next month? I need your story, man. You can't take it. Well, the reality is in that situation, if you've already invested money into it, the employer is not going to be able to, to take it back. Uh, and if the employer uh, refuses to allow you to, uh, to take the vacation, then that could actually be a constructive dismissal. But my best advice would be try to work it out with your employer. Hopefully, we can come to some sort of a compromise. Talk about a poison environment if that yeah, goes down. Not, not Just good at brutal. All. Yeah. We'll take... Uh a couple more emails here before we wrap for this uh, this edition of the show. Lior's number outside the show. When it's over, one 821 5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com for email. The Employment Hour, Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. We'll wrap the show in a few minutes here, but uh, in the meantime, you can uh, send Lior an email the rest of the week, and we answer them the following week. It just, it's that simple. And uh, Lior at employmenthour.com, and his number is one 821 5900 We'll get to one of those. It is Harold. Uh, you're up, says, I was hired because the employee that held the position before me went on disability. After two years, this other employee is uh, coming back to work, and my employer is telling me that uh, my only choice is relocation from Toronto to Mississauga. What can I do? It's not yeah. severe, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that bad, but it could be. So you, what's the rule? I mean, irrespective of why they, they want to relocate you, whether it's because the office is closing down, because another employee uh, is, is coming back, uh, the question is, is the move from Toronto to Mississauga a move that the employer can require you to make? Well, the answer to that, to, to that is that depends. So let's say you live uh, halfway between Toronto and Mississauga. It's not going to impact you that much uh, to now commute to Mississauga. So arguably, that's fine. If you, le- uh, you live somewhere that's further away, so by increasing your commute now, you're going to be spending an extra hour and a half a day commuting uh, to work. Like that, if you're in the east end of Toronto. Right, if you're on the east the end across, yeah. and you used to commute to Toronto, now you have to go an extra 30 kilometers out to Mississauga. Well, that is a problem. That is, what could significantly change things for you. You're going to spend an extra hour and a half, two hours a day, five days a week commuting to work. So that change could be a constructive dismissal. So the question is, how is this going to impact Harold? If Harold just doesn't like to commute to Mississauga, he likes Toronto better, Toronto is a vibrant city, so I like working there. I understand that, but that's probably not something that uh, he could do something about. And imagine getting there on HOV lanes. Um, so as, <laughs> a, discussion, as an employment discussion. lawyer, what kind, of, what kind of yardstick do you use if you're discussing or having a negotiation with an employer about you that? You know, it's, it's an excellent question. Excellent, excellent question because – you know what my yardstick is going to be may be different than someone else's. Really, t- to me, if if 
it's a question of what's significant. And what's significant may vary from, from person to person. Certainly, if I'm spending an hour more a day, I think that is significant. So that's the yardstick that I use mm-hmm. when I talk about uh, changing to location. If this is going to impact me to the, ex- to the extent of an hour a day, that's five, days, uh, that's five hours a day, uh, a week, sorry, 20 hours a month, that is significant. Uh, so I consider that to be a constructive dismissal. Lior, so it comes down to that. Lior at employmenthour.com is the email address. We'll get to one final here. This is uh, from Elizabeth. It says, I'm uh, supposed to return to work from a maternity leave in October. My employer just called and told me that they don't have a job for me and my employment will be terminated in October. Is that even legal? Yeah, and, and it's, it's probably not legal. So first of all, what's the rule? The rule is if you're on a maternity, a maternity leave, your employer has to take you back to the same position you held uh, before you went on the leave. So, the, so by virtue of not having a job, that's already a problem. Right. But what happens if it's a legitimate uh, situation? We close down the department. There's just no jobs at right. all in that department. So we're not picking on you. It's just the way it is. Well, here's the thing. That obligation still remains to take the employee back. And how can the employer say in June or in July that they're not going to have a job in October? Mm-hmm. They can only assess that in October. So by virtue of telling the employee in June that they're not going to have a job in October, that in and of itself could be illegal. You can't comply wow. with your legal entitlements that way. Maybe by, by October, you desperately need this person back. You don't know. So what I would have told, told the employers, it's okay to say, employee, right now, we don't know if we're going to have a job for you. Uh, we're going to do our best, but be aware that we may not have a job. Uh, and we'll, we'll know for sure in October. By terminating her employment and saying, we're telling you now there's no job in October. You're gone in October. That is premature. That could be a violation of the Employment Standards Act. It could be a wrongful dismissal. It can even be a violation of the Human Rights Code. So uh, that, that is actually illegal. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Run through uh, again for me. Yeah, for, for those that didn't uh, hear us earlier on the show, again, if you've been let go, if your employment was terminated for cause, without cause, layoff, whatever you want to call it, John, there's many uh, words that people use for termination of employment. That's the place you go. You go to severancepaycalculator.com, you find out how much you're owed. It's the only place that tells you uh, that, that right information, very, very valuable information. You input three things, and it's going to tell you a week, a month, six months, 12 months. And if you want to, and I encourage you to do that, you can contact me right from, right from the Severance Pay Calculator. And if I can't talk to you in person, there's also terminationquestions.com, which That's, is cool too, right? And you know, great. Uh, we haven't mentioned it the last week or two, but terminationquestions.com, it's a, it's a website that we've set up that allows people to ask and post questions anonymously. I answer those right away. One of my colleagues does. Uh, it's a way to get that information. Maybe you have a more complicated situation. You want to explain, but you want to you stay anonymous. You don't necessarily want to commit to speaking to me. Use uh, terminationquestions.com. It's a great tool. We answer questions all the time. And there's a, there's a history there. You can search for your uh, topic. We've answered hundreds and hundreds of questions. Chances are it's been asked by now, right? Likely. Yeah. We'll uh, just pretty much wrap it for another week, my friend. In the meantime, like I said, you want to get a hold of Lior, and uh, the show is not on one 821 5900 And the email always is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.